you know, we've talked a lot about this in between media this season. There's going to be curveballs coming your way. Hate's a strong word. I dislike Kirk Cousins more than probably any other quarterback. I get a little bit of that rookie-itis, you know? I would have said, I would love to know what you're Even though I'm straight, I'm still stuck between an interpretation, what it all means. Can I make a difference or something different? My mind in prison, then I saw the vision. Played the field, it's no competition. Found success through the repetition. If it's impossible, stick to the mission. I'm just cruising through on my way to get it. I found myself somewhere in between. Yeah, I found myself somewhere in between. Here we go. It's June 2nd, Wednesday. This is the In Between Fantasy Football Podcast. For those new to the show today, uh, we're the site over here at InBetweenMedia.com that combines both fantasy sports with uh, feel-good life and lifestyle advice. I'm Seth Woolcock, joined by my two co-hosts, as always, Nate Pulvote, Scott Reinier. Boys, pretty special day today, wouldn't you say? Uh, yeah. I mean, we made it a year, bro. Like in this industry, getting this far with this show, that's something. Cause there are a lot of people that don't even last six months and we've kept it going through a weird off season. <laughs> yeah. I mean, speaking of six months, that's about how long I've been here, but yeah, you know, in, in a lot of ways, it still feels like yesterday. Doesn't you know it? what I mean? It's yeah. just, it's, it's bizarre, but it's awesome. Um, I still remember the reason that we started live streaming. Do you remember why we started live streaming? Yeah, yeah. We actually had a podcast glitch, and I think it was uh, what back week maybe five or six last year, Nate. Yep. And I was like, hey, I've been toying with StreamYard. It was like 9.30 at night here, which is 11.30 your time. And I was like, let's do it, dude. We were on the phone. Like, let's just go. Let's just go yeah. live. And we went live, and we recapped our whole show live. And I don't think we ever went back to record it after that, did we? No, no, we were nope. stuck. We were stuck from there. Um, those of you again new to the show, then between fantasy football podcast, we've been a- around. This is our third season, um, but we were at one point. I was a solo act, um, doing it under my college newspaper, and then branched out and started in between media um, a- about a year ago. And those of you joining the show tonight, you do know it is our one year special. So thank you so much for joining us tonight. Um, thank you for the continued support this last year. Um, we're going to go a little bit more into the backstory of In Between Media here in a little bit. But tonight on the show, we got a really loaded one for you today. Um, we're going to be playing videos, submissions that Nate and Scott and I have never seen. Um, we're going to be playing them live. Uh, and they are from our industry friends, different analysts out there in the community. And they're going to be telling us their sure thing sleeper of the week. Um, some guys they're targeting in best ball drafts, dynasty drafts, possibly some Scott Fishbowl stuff. Um, later on in the show, we're going to go into weekly advice and talk about what it means to bring positivity to a space and why fantasy sports and charities and nonprofit organizations go so hand in hand. So we're going to do all that. And then at the very end of the show, guys, um, make sure you're subscribed to our YouTube channel. Make sure you're registered for Scott Fishbowl 11, because we are going to be giving away a Scott Fishbowl, uh, position 
So we're very gracious that Scott Fish, um, he's allowing us to do this. Super thankful for him and everything he does in the community. Um, it's going to be a pretty packed show, boys. What do you think? Yeah, man, let's go. Let's do it. All right. Before we get into the sure thing, Sleepers of the Week, guys, I did want to talk a little bit about our journey, reflect back on the last year. Um, I know a lot of people, uh, when I talk to them, and Nate, I know you have a common experience too, um, when they learn that in-between media has only been around since June 10th of, of 2020, they're pretty surprised. Yeah, they are. Uh, it, well, what we do is so different. I, it feels like it's something that would have been around a little bit longer just because of how we do it and how we carry ourselves. And we're very fortunate to have an amazing editorial staff that makes our writing look a ton better, <laughs> honestly. Um, cuts out a lot of typos and makes us sound smart and you know, we have a team full of people who are passionate about what we do. And it's not just fantasy football. Obviously, we're very passionate about fantasy football. I'm in six drafts, seven drafts right now. <laughs> right. But also, getting to talk about my life is kind of a big deal. And being able to have that outlet to talk about these things and write these things and then have people reach out to me after a column drops and say, dude, I feel every word that you yeah. said. And now I know it's so many things I've written about. I'm not alone. And I felt alone for a long time. Felt like I was the only person that felt this way. I was the only person that had ever gone through something like this. Nobody could possibly understand me. And that's what we do for people. Like we, we help them understand they're not alone. And it feels, it just feels like we've been here forever. Yeah, it, it certainly does guys. Um, you know, those of you who don't know me, um, I'm 23 years old. Uh, I've been in the fantasy sports industry for a little over two years now. Um, got my first stunt with DFF, uh, Dynasty Football Factory. Shout out to those guys over there. I was also doing stuff for my college newspaper when I was the editor-in-chief there. And, and really before that, guys, uh, definitely went through a lot of adversity in life and you know, experienced a lot of things. Like you said, Nate, I felt uh, really alone at times, just couldn't really relate to a lot of people. Um, luckily, I had a great friend group growing up. Um, hopefully some of those guys are in the chat tonight. And uh, you know, had a great support system, but you know, a, a lot of things, you know, kept pushing me and, and pushing me to want to do something. And the one outlet that was always there was, was writing. And it really helped me grow from that as a person and an individual. And that's when I started writing Start, Sit, and Seth, which is a column where I combine life anecdotes and I combine life advice with fantasy sports advice. And that was really the foundation of in-between media. And, you know, the longer I started playing fantasy football, um, like I said, I'm 23 and I've been playing fantasy football for more than half of my life. And the more I started losing and the more I started winning, you know, you, you pick up these little nuances each year. You learn a lesson and it's not just championship or bust. And I know we play redraft and we really focus on redraft here on the show, but it's not just championship or bust. There are little life lessons that you can pull out of each season, fantasy lessons you can pull out each season. And, and really at the end of the day, guys, I feel like some of these experiences that I have in fantasy football translate to life. And that's what we try to do here on the podcast and in our columns is bridge those two together. I mean, for me, like, I, I mean, you guys know, I, I was kind of, I was a fan of in between when I first kind of kicked in the door around here, I was retweeting in between before I even knew you guys. Yeah. I, just, I gravitated towards it because of that, like, because of that dual purpose, but my brother, like, so like the Mondays column that I write has been really important because I mean, it is fantastic to put stuff out there and provide advice, help for anybody that might need it. But it's therapeutic for me too to put yeah. that stuff on paper. 
Um, Cause one thing I did when I got here and it's been really helpful is, you know, throughout my life, I've had all these issues just like everybody else. And in certain groups of people, I'm like, okay, well, have I told all those people? Okay. I'm not going to tell those people. Yeah. It became this kind of cluster. When I got here, I was just like, you know what, this is a, this is a clean slate for me. I'm just going to, from the get go, you know, all of it. So my brother actually gave me probably one of the better compliments I could expect uh, from my most recent column. He said, he's like, I love the, I love the Tom Brady, Chris Godwin chemistry, you know, working that into the buddy system. But he was like, he was like, that column was fantastic if you just remove all the football stuff. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's kind of, you know, obviously we're, the fantasy football aspect is really important. Um, but that's, that's kind of the goal. You know, you want that, you, for it to be able to stand alone is, is great. Um, and I mean, I appreciate all the feedback I've gotten, uh, with with some of my articles same th same thing nate you know people reaching out saying hey i felt felt like you were in my brain you know um that's great because i mean it's just all coming from the heart you know well it's, it's very humbling mm -hmm. to know that you're helping someone else that maybe has gone through the same thing and just had no idea that there's somebody approachable that i can talk to about this that maybe isn't a therapist that maybe i just want to like what was it like for you and you can have those conversations with these people where I would have never had these conversations with anyone. I mean, the three of us have had some really deep conversations about stuff and I had no idea how similar our lives were. Like, it's crazy. And we live, Scott lives on the West coast, Seth, you're on the East coast. I'm like dead in between you guys pretty much. So like what a journey, man, what a journey it's been. Absolutely, gentlemen. I just want to give a quick shout out to our whole in-between media staff, um, our editors, our columnists, uh, our video support guys. We have third and short in the background right now managing everything. Um, our graphics guys, our NASCAR analysts, everything we're doing here, uh, Connor on the golf end. I mean, I mean, we, we really couldn't do this without you guys. It's been a team effort these last you know, 12 months, and I, I wouldn't take any of it back, and we're super thankful for it, guys. Um, and right now, I, I want to... Uh, shine a little bit of a light on these guys in the industry that have also helped us along this journey. So why don't we go ahead and move into our sure things sleepers of the week. It's the sure thing sleepers of the week. All right, guys. So sure thing sleepers of the week. This has been a mainstead here at in between media and on the podcast for a while. And what we like to do is bring a little bit of summertime back to the show and always try to, you know, pick on some sleepers that other people aren't talking about. Um, a lot of time during the season, we'll talk about guys uh, almost waivers a week early. But uh, for this show, we're actually going to be reacting live to some of our favorite analysts out there in the community. They were very gracious and submitted their sure thing sleepers of the week. So we're going to go ahead and react. Um, we're going to listen in with you guys live. Um, third, if you can pull that first one up, man, let's see what happens. What's up, everybody? Big shout out to the in-between media crew. You guys are some great people. I love reading your stuff. I love looking at your site from Seth to everybody there. Uh, really fantastic work. Uh, they sent a thing out saying, you know, who is a sleeper after 180p in either redraft or dynasty or best ball. So I figured I'd just give you one that covered them all. And that's my guy, my guy Darnell Mooney, wide receiver for the Chicago Bears. 
you know, last year he he guarded the 29th most potential air yards in the NFL, but he had he ranked 10th in the NFL in unrealized air yards. So that just means he had terrible quarterback play. He got open all the time last year when you saw him. I can't tell you how many times he got underthrown, overthrown, and it was just awful for what he had to deal with last year. But this year he got quarterback Justin quarterback one Justin Fields there. You know, he's going to be sitting at, he sit, he sat at 83% true catch rate. So if he would have gotten the ball thrown to him, we could have been talking about him as being a wide receiver 30 last year. And he's going as wide receiver 57 right now. Marquise Brown is getting drafted over him. Jarvis Landry is getting drafted over him. Some guys that I'm like, hey, I don't necessarily think that's a great call. I, I say Landry, Marquise Brown, I think we know what he is, right? And now Bateman's there. You're drafting Marquise Brown over Darnell Mooney. I just don't see it. So Darnell Mooney is my guy. That's the guy I'm going to be going after. All I want to plug is, you know, you can find me at Twitter, at boys underscore 22. Um, but be sure to tune in to the in-between media. Everything they do there is fantastic. And I'm looking forward to this next year and watching them grow. So appreciate you guys. Go draft Darnell Mooney. Your wallet will thank you. I couldn't agree more. Like the fact that any of those guys are going ahead of Darnell Mooney is ridiculous. 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 Darnell Mooney is a stud. And the only thing that kept him down last season was poor quarterback play. He had two quarterbacks that really don't have a great arm. I mean, Trubisky has a cannon, but he's not accurate. These guys aren't accurate. And he was getting open all over the place. Dude, Darnell Mooney, that was a great call. I'm done. Rant over. I'll go second. Um, first of all, it was awesome to see Kevin as the first as the first video. I, I follow that guy closely. Um he also took my sleeper, of course, with the very first. It was funny. Like, as he was opening his mouth, I was like, he's going to say Darnell Mooney, isn't he? And then there he was. I'll find another one. But um, obviously, that was the one I chose. So I totally agree. And for the same reasons. Um, you know, there's there's always the unknown. You know, I mean, there's no guarantees with Fields that he's just going to unlock the potential. But I'm, I'm a Fields guy. I've been a Fields guy. I'm not quitting. I'm not quitting on that train now. And Mooney, he's got the speed. He's got he's got the athleticism. Um, he's got he's got Allen Robinson on the other side. Um, I just I think he's a steal right now where he's at it. Whatever it is, I think it was like one thirty six. Yeah, MVP in, in underdog. So no, he, and he's he's kind of one of those guys. He had he had that like kind of that that appeal last year. You know that sleeper appeal, and then it just kind of kind of fizzled with him. And his ADP mm-hmm. went back down, and I don't. I'd like to take advantage of it, just like Kevin said. Yeah, I'm definitely with you guys here on Darnell Mooney. He's a funny story because if you were playing Dynasty last year at this time, no one knew who the hell Darnell Mooney was. He was definitely a guy buried down in the draft. He didn't go in a lot of your standard 12-team rookie drafts. He he wasn't going. I I know I picked him up off the streets a couple weeks into the season, um, and he's definitely been a, a great flashy player. Nate, I know you were really hot on him a lot during the season. And it really didn't come to fruition. But, I mean, when you're rotating between two quarterbacks who Nick Foles a little bit past his prime, if there was a prime, um, other than that Super Bowl run, and, and Mitch Trubisky, who really can't hit the broadside of a barn when he's on the run. Um, I mean, it, it just didn't come to fruition. But I, I think, A, Andy Dalton, if he is playing some games, I'm interested, and I think, uh, two on the other end of that, if he's not like Justin Fields, the assumption that Justin Fields goes after one read um, has completely been blown out of the water. That that was su- such smoke and was not true. There's a lot of lazy analysis going on on that. And I, I think Darnell Mooney with a guy like Fields who can extend the play 
and, and probably get the ball deep to Mooney. I, I'm liking it, that ADP, Kevin. I think that's a great call. It's a great call. And just wanted to give one more quick shout-out to Kevin. Um, if you ever see his writing out there on the interweb, definitely check it out. He, he's probably one of my favorite, if not my favorite writer out there Mine in too. the industry. Um, just very approachable with his writing, but, but definitely has a voice. So thank you, Kevin, and let's move on to our next sleeper. Hi, IB team. It's Jeff at Fort Day Bell Tolls, and I just wanted to say congratulations on a year. I think what you guys are doing, are doing over there is really fantastic, and I love seeing it. Um, my undervalued player is Johnny Smith, New England tight end. Last year, through the first five games, he saw six and a half targets. That made him tight end five. Uh, so much production is driven out of the tight end getting actual targets and being a role in the offense. In 2011, New England used Aaron Hernandez in a similar role and gave him eight targets per game. So I think Jonathan Smith is an undervalued player who has a fantastic chance at jumping into top five tight end territory. Again, I just appreciate everything you guys do. I'm thankful that you are here, and congratulations on the year. Jeff again, Jeff Bell for Whom J. Bell Tools. You can find me with Fantasy Pros. You can find me with Going for Two and the Debbie Royale and also some stuff with football guys. So thank you. Wow. Awesome work there from, from our buddy, Jeff. Um, he actually just wrote a letter to the editor, um, dropped yesterday in between media, talked more on his love for Jonu. So if you believe what Jeff's saying about Jonu there, um, go pick up that, that column. It was a great read. Um, as far as, as far as Jonu guys, um, where are you at? Because I, I think Jeff has a lot of valid points here and, I, I went back as soon as these two tight ends were signed as well. I went back and did the same research he was doing, saw how much Hernandez and Gronk were used. It also opened up a lot down the field for guys like Wes Welker and guys like Dion Branch back in 2011. So, but I am a little bit worried with Cam Newton. I, 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 we've never seen him really use a tight end outside of Greg Olson. Um, Nate, are, are you more in on uh, – on Johnu than I am. So yes, I am, and I'll tell you why. Because by week four or five, Cam Newton ain't going to be the starter no more in that offense. It's going to be Mac Jones. I was reading some stuff about Jones early this week and how he was reading defense pre-snap versus how Cam Newton was reading the same defense on the same play pre-snap in practice. And like it's night and day. What Mac Jones does before the snap wins games. What Cam Newton does before the snap forces him to wing it when the ball mm -hmm. gets snapped. There's a huge difference there. All that to say that I think Jonu Smith is going to be an enormous value in redraft this year. And people are sleeping on him because they saw Hunter Henry get signed. They're like, oh, no, well, now there's two tight ends. But Bill Belichick isn't afraid to run 12 personnel. And if he's got two talented tight ends like he had in 2011 with Hernandez and Gronk, he's going to run it at least 50% of the time, maybe mm -hmm. more. I don't remember the exact percentage he ran it that year, but it was pretty high. I mean – with his current ADP, why wouldn't you take him? Even if yeah. he, even if he busts, like you're still not really losing out on much of anything because he's going later in drafts. Yeah, man, you've got to go after him. I love that call. Yeah, for me, that's the kicker is his price. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I'm I'm I've been a Johnny guy since he came to the league. I'm always I'm part of that crowd that's like, oh, is this it? Is this the breakout? Yeah, you know. And I mean, mm -hmm. last year, you know, it seemed like it was happening. Granted, AJ Brown was out. But, you know, he was averaging over six targets a game, over four catches a game for the first four weeks, five touchdowns. A.J. Brown came back, and it, he kind of disappeared for a little while. Um, that's my one concern. You know, in 2019, he put up three goose eggs in games he played. So 
you know, and I don't know, I, I honestly don't know how much of that has to do with the, the specifics of the, the Titan system. Um, but that to me is a little bit risky with him as he tends to do that. I mean, maybe he'll be utilized in a different way. He's certainly the more athletic and faster of the two tight ends. Um, and I think he has enormous potential. It's just whether he gets that target share, whether he gets that opportunity. Because the thing with Hunter Henry is I'm taking Johnny over him. Like if I'm if it's a non-tight end premium, if it's redraft and I'm waiting on tight end, you know, I got my I got my sight set on people like Johnny Smith mm -hmm. um, and the sleeper that I'm going to come up with if no one else steals it. But you can't also at the same time, you can't ignore Hunter Henry's potential impact as well. Just because if you look at the two and you only look at what they've done, which is all we can really do. I mean, we can look back to Aaron Hernandez and Gronk all we want, but like, ugh, how is it exactly going to play? I mean, Henry's been the target hog. Henry's been the receptions hog of the two consistently. You know, where 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 Johnny was weeks one through four last week or last year when it seemed like he was taken off, that's where Hunter Henry's been all year for two seasons at that six-plus targets, four-plus receptions. So um, I like the call. I mean, I don't know. I think it would take quite a bit for him to get into the to the top five, but I think he's a, he's a great target at his current ADP, uh, especially in redraft. Last, last thing I'll add here about John, and I think Jeff made a good point in his column is, um, I mean, he definitely is the more shiftable, movable tight end, kind of like a Darren Waller or Kyle Pitts, where he's not going to be an inline tight end. That's more of Hunter Henry's specialty is blocking, uh, specifically run blocking Hunter Henry is great at, but, I, I think the one thing to keep in mind too, like you said, Scott, Hunter Henry, he's one of four tight ends coming back this season that has had back-to-back -back tight end one finishes. That's among Darren Waller, Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, and Hunter Henry. And that's a list. And that's with a 2019 season from Hunter Henry that he missed a good chunk of it due to health. So I think both, both of these guys could have value at the right price, no doubt. Yeah, and I mean Henry's done it. Henry did it with two different quarterbacks, yep. so you can't just say it was Rivers. You know, he did it with Herbert. Um, although, if you look at both of them, only one of them had a stat line in a game in 2019. I think it was like four for 60 and one rush for 57 yards. <laughs> yeah, that's Johnny Smith. <laughs> yeah, that's so what just... Johnny Smith can bring. He's he's got that potential. I mean, if he was one of those tight ends that just got fed targets, mm -hmm. I just yeah, but. So just real quick to the comment from Jim. Um, Jim, it's not that I don't like Cam Newton. I think he's an incredibly talented quarterback, but I don't think that he fits the system that ultimately New England wants to run, which is why they brought in Mac Jones. Mm -hmm. I think Newton is an incredibly talented quarterback who can wing it successfully in most offenses, and he did it when he was healthy last year before he had COVID, but that's oh, yeah. not the system that Belichick and McDaniels want to run. I have no issue with his talent. He's fantastic. He's a great quarterback, and they made do with him last season when they needed to, and he did fantastic. Even when he was, even after COVID, like considering how he probably felt and how, what the state he was in, I'm still impressed with what he did on the back half of the season. I just don't think that's the system that Belichick and McDaniels want to run. That's why I'm saying I think Mac Jones is a starter by week three or four. They're looking for a guy who is more methodical about checking through his reads, making better decisions, stretching the field out. And that's that's my only that's the only thing I'll say. That's the only reason yeah. that I think that Jones is the starter over Newton by week three, four, five. And yeah, I'm done. We'll, we'll see how it plays out, guys. I'm sure we're gonna have a little bit more Patriots um, Patriots discussion later in the show. Um, so let, let's see who our next sure thing sleeper of the week is gonna be. What's happening, guys? Bucket hat on. 
Fantasy football means coming down the way. My name is Britt Sanders. You can find me on Twitter at VFFSamman. I am the host of the Rookie on the Rise. And gentlemen, I want to tell you congratulations on your first year. That's one hell of a thing, and I love to see it. But you guys asked for a sleeper. I'm going to give you a sleeper. Now, I got a question. How can a tight end that finished number three last year be a sleeper? Well, he is Robert the Bob Tanyan. Somehow, it has a plus 100 ADP. I don't get it. It makes sense only if you think he's not going to get those 11 touchdowns again, which, let's be honest, he's probably not going to. No tight end is able to get double digits touchdowns like that. And if he is, then my goodness, I'm happy to be wrong. But here's the thing. He was number one in production premium. He was number seven in yards per target with 1.77. He doesn't need those touchdowns. Amari Rogers? I'm not worried about Amari Rogers. He's not Randall Cobb. Get out of here. You're scouting the helmet, not the player. Robert Tonyan's going to see plus 65 targets this year. He didn't drop one last year. Let's give him two drops. He's still going to be fine. He may not be able to get to 11 touchdowns, but eight touchdowns, seven touchdowns, easy. And what happens if Aaron Rodgers leaves the way? You think Jordan Love needs a safety blanket? That's right, Mr. Bob Tanyan's going to tuck him in every single game, baby. He's going to be the check down king. So here's my thing. Robert Tanyan's one of the tight ends I'm targeting as a sleeper late. Get him while you can, folks, because he may just blow up again. Nice, nice. Wow, that, that, that's Britt over there, rookie on the rise. Yeah, part of the fantasy affairs group over there. We love those guys, love collaborating with that group. Um I'll start and just support of what Britt said. I think Robert Tanya is severely being underdrafted. I definitely get all the risks. Um, I mean, opportunity did not come, but the fancy points did come. And I think that's what people are worried about is there was a limited opportunity. But, you know, you think back to last year, guys, this time, we thought Jay Sternberger was the guy. We didn't know who Robert Tanya really was. So um, I, I think Robert Tanya could be a good value. And I know people – we don't have clarity on the situation with Rodgers, but I think it's a, a, a good chance he comes back. And I think Robert Tanyan is a value, like Britt said. Um, yeah, I mean, I, it's it's funny sometimes to hear those stats after the season. It's like, how how is a, a tight end that was number three a sleeper this year? But it's true. I mean, obviously the Aaron Rodgers uncertainty is affecting the – you know, the draft value of all the skill position players yes. in, in Green Bay. Yep. You know, I mean, people got Devonta Adams out of the number one slot just in case Rodgers leaves. Um, but I think I'm, I think Tanyan, to me, he's one of those, especially if Rodgers stays, he is he's a safe pick where he's going right now. As far as as far as, you know, you get past the you get past the the top three or four tight ends. And, it, you know, it's the kind of cliche in the fantasy industry. Then it's just a big. It's a big doomsday dumpster fire after that. It's like, that's all well and good, but we still have to draft people after that if we didn't get one of those top three guys. Um, and I mean, I'm a little biased with Tanyan because I picked him up last year in one of my home leagues. Nobody, everybody's like, who the hell are you? Who's Robert Tanyan? Then I played him that game. He had three touchdowns. Um, and like, I had already won the matchup when he scored the first touchdown and then he got the second one and the third <laughs> one. And it was that, it was that Simpsons gift where it's like, yeah. Stop. he's, he's yeah. already dead. Um, so that was nice. But I mean, He's, I mean, the touchdowns, sustainable, not sustainable. I'm not going to try and make a prediction there. Um, I mean, what we're talking about right now is the price to the price to attain them um, in a draft. And I think he's a value. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think it's people are 
looking too much into the fact that Aaron Rodgers is probably not playing there next year. I mean, I'm I'm going to say it. He's not playing in Green Bay. Either he gets traded or, he, reti- or he retires. Hopeful. That's a hopeful Denver Broncos fan right there. And but. I don't even – I would do watch he ends up in Las Vegas. It'll just crush <laughs> my soul. But I think people are like – all the Devontae Adams takes where it's like, oh, forget about it. There's no way he's wide receiver one if Aaron Rodgers leaves. Dude, they still have to throw the ball to somebody. They still have to. And who are your number one and number two targets in that offense next season in 2021? It's Devontae Adams and Tunyon. That's all there is to it. It's a phenomenal It's a phenomenal sleeper pick. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yep. Certainly no complaints here. Um, I'm excited what you can do because – like Britt said, man, the what he was able to do with that opportunity, no drops, bringing in every pass consistently, making the most out of his red zone opportunities. I mean, there are going to be outliers in fantasy football sometimes that don't really fit the mold as far as the target share you're looking for for an elite tight end or wide receiver. And maybe Robert Tonyan's just that guy. So I think he is. Yeah, and I mean, this might sound obvious, but like, obviously I'm going to be more concerned if Rodgers leaves. Um, I mean, what – Tunyon last year, he had 59 targets, 52 receptions. That's yeah. a ridiculous completion percentage when he gets the ball thrown his way. That's ridiculous. His, his, catchable, his catchable target rate was around 90%. Man, Obviously, Aaron about- Rodgers and him had something going. So, you know, my, I would be more concerned. Not enough for me to, to pull off him at his, his, at his ADP. Because, I mean, honestly, you know how this is going to go. If Aaron Rodgers officially leaves, that ADP is going to – even though people are already factoring that possibility into his ADP, once it actually happens – then it goes down even further. You know, it's always that it's, it's, it's happened that way all off season where since mm-hmm. there was speculation about something happening, it affected ADP. Then that thing happened and it affected it even more. So, so how, far, mean, how far do you think he falls? If Rogers does, in fact, we find out that Rogers definitely isn't playing for green Bay, whatever the situation is. I mean, are we talking, he's a guy you're getting like, 15? where is he at right now? I don't have it in front of me. I don't either. I, I know he was plus 100. And so, so I'm going to say if Aaron Rodgers does leave, which is pure special speculation right now, guys, but I mean, you're looking at probably a 12th, 13th, 14th round guy and something to keep in mind. We're going to talk about Scott Fishbowl a little bit later on here, but he's a great guy to target possibly in Scott Fishbowl as well. It's a heavy tight end premium league. So he will be useful down the stretch there as well. Um, Guys, are you ready to move off uh, Bob Tanyan here and see what else we got cooking? Let's do it. What's up, everybody in the in-between media world? I'm Rod Gomez. You can find me on Twitter at RJ Gomez. I'm a fantasy writer for the Sports Gambling Podcast Network site at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. I'm here to give you my sleeper for pretty much any platform because this guy is being heavily ignored and maybe for good reason, and that's Jacoby Myers, wide receiver for the New England Patriots. Look, I get it. I know that he is now definitely in a crowded, absolutely crowded room uh, with Kendrick Bourne, with Nelson Aguilar, even with Nikhil Harry even being in there. And of course, the tight ends, Jihanu Smith and Hunter Henry. I mean, look, there's going to be a lot of mouths to feed. And I know that Cam Newton is not necessarily the guy to feed all of those mouths. But here's the thing about Myers. And there is something to be said about some familiarity and some of the good things that he did last season. He led the team in targets with 81, led the team in receptions with 59, led the team in yards receiving with 70. 70 or 729 so he's got a history there with the Patriots and I know that again with all of those those folks that are going to get fed they're going to get fed 
but I still think that Myers is primed to have a decent season because he's got familiarity, at least for now, with Cam Newton. But I will say that he could be leaned on a little more heavily down uh, in the beginning of the season, which could definitely give him some value at the beginning of the season. He's going off now anywhere between, and this is such a wide gap at that his ADP. He's going from anywhere between 132 to 315. So he's definitely going to be around in those later rounds. I got him in round 14 in one of my uh, best ball drafts. So he's there. And if you're in a best ball format, he could have one of those weeks that will give you a, a great opportunity for him to get played in that week. So again, Jacoby Myers, maybe, maybe not a redraft guy to start the season, but definitely one in the later rounds to grab, maybe hold on to. And definitely in a best ball, if he's there around uh, round 14, round 15, you definitely want to grab him. Again, I'm Rod Gomez. Thanks, guys, for giving me the opportunity to share Jacoby Myers with you. Hopefully you grab him. Hopefully he does something for you. Uh, and again, you can find my work on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Uh, my podcast is there. Everything's there. Uh, and you find me on Twitter at RJ Gomez. social media-wise. It's where I live. So thanks again for the opportunity. Hope to see you guys later. And uh, go Jacoby Myers. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Definitely appreciate Rod over there. Um, he, he jumped on an episode of The Back Road, our fantasy NASCAR show a couple weeks ago, and that was a blast as well. Um, guys, a, a, a lot of new, new England Patriot love on the show today. Um, we, we've had some Aguilar love in the chat already from our guy, mm-hmm. Josh, and are already brought Johnny Smith up as well. Um, I think Rod makes a super fair point with Jacoby Myers, especially in best ball formats. I've been getting him late all over the place as well. Not someone I'm super excited about, but I think he definitely fits in the mold of a sleeper. And unless Julio Jones goes there, he's probably the number two in New England, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. If he doesn't eventually take over Aguilar for the number one. I mean, I did a, I did a, okay, so I did a waiver wire show last year with a company I won't name that I no longer do anything with. And I pounded the table for Jacoby Myers every week because for some reason he was like 8, 10, 12% owned when he was the only receiving option really in that offense. When Edelman was hurt, who else were they throwing to? And he was putting up good weeks, solid weeks, like a wide receiver two, wide receiver three, mm-hmm. flex slot type numbers every week. And I think that only – he only gets better. He has familiar familiarity with Newton. If indeed Newton does remain the starter all season, Newton likes him. He's talented. Forget about and kill Harry. He's the worst route runner in the NFL. Forget about him. Jacoby Myers is a guy who could end up being the wide receiver one in that offense by middle of the season. Wouldn't surprise me. I know Nelson Aguilar could also be great, but I, I, I feel like new England setting themselves up to kind of really like sling the ball. Like they want the ball Belichick and McDaniels want the ball in the air. And they've shown with all of the things that they've done, they didn't do anything really that outstanding with running back. They let Rex Burkhead go. They drafted Ramondre Stevenson, but he's a rookie and he's a guy who was a later round guy. I think he went, was it like fourth, fifth round? So he's a day three guy. Yeah, I love the Jacoby Myers call. I think it's phenomenal. And I love Rod too. Shout out Rod. Yeah, Rod's great. I remember when I first interacted with him, I was super. I think he has the picture with Ricky Henderson, um, and I was uh-huh. super stoked when we uh-huh. talked about that. I was like, "Oh, Ricky Henderson." Yeah. Um, I like the pick too. I mean, at the range we're talking in a draft, like to me, he's a he's a he's a. I'm not super familiar with best ball, but um, you know, in dynasty and even redraft, if you've got a deep bench, he's a great depth piece. I mean, PPR, it was the same. I wasn't super familiar with this guy 
uh, as the season started last year. But once he started playing in week six, you know, a couple games into couple games into his season, I mean, three games in, 14 targets, 12 catches, 169 yards. I mean, that's almost 30 PPR points in a week. Now, granted, right. you know, he yeah. didn't keep that up. That was kind of ridiculous. But it put him on the put him on the map for me as one of those value PPR plays. He's not gonna he's not gonna win you he's not gonna win you your week with touchdowns. But like I said, a good depth bye week fill in, uh, especially in full point PPR. I mean, in the games he played, he averaged over six targets. And you know, there's a lot of unknown in New England right now. Exactly how that offense is gonna look. You know, exactly when is when is Mac Jones gonna come in? Um, who's gonna be the primary running back? Uh, so, you know, there's a there's a lot there's a lot of uncertainty. And he's he's a guy that's been there and he showed that he can he can play. Um, so again, it is in the context of sleepers, um, and especially where he's going. Yeah, I mean, he's free. So essentially, I, I, I like it. Yep. Yep. Good call, Rod. Yeah. Last thing I'll say here about Myers. Um, it, it, the one thing I love about Bill Belichick, guys, is draft capital does not matter to Bill. Whether it's Rex Burkhead, whether it's Julian Edelman. Um, you know, who's playing all over the field, defense, offense, special teams when he was young. Um, it, it's just so cool to see these guys kind of transform into something. And Jacoby Myers could be that guy. So, Rod, love the call, man. Definitely scoop up Jacoby Myers in your late rounds for sure. Okay, so who do we have on tap next? Let's see. Hey, Seth, Nate, and Scott, congratulations on one year for In Between Media. You guys have been putting out fantastic work across the board as well as the rest of your crew as well. Can't wait to see what you guys have in store in this upcoming year and year number two. You guys asked for sleeper options heading into 2021. Look no further than the one and only Henry Ruggs of the Las Vegas Raiders. You know, the speed, the subsequent separation from said speed has rugs looking up, in my opinion, for 2021. No receiver in the NFL had more separation when targeted. And when you combine that with a 4.340 yard dash time, it's just going to spell disaster for opposing defenses. Yeah, you can talk about the hamstrings, the knee injuries, but none of these are necessarily nagging that should affect him too much in his sophomore season. Now, getting a full interrupted offseason to build that rapport with Derek Carr is going to be vital to his 2021 success, especially when you consider that Derek Carr was the second most accurate passer on attempts over 20 yards last season. Really good passer, deep balls, really good at separation, elite speed. It should be a perfect combination for Henry Ruggs' success in 2021 and at his current ADP of 132 he's a no-brainer as a late round best ball candidate as well as a buy low option to round out the back end of your dynasty roster so put me on the train for buying Henry Ruggs in 2021 thank you guys again for everything that you've been doing congratulations on one year and I hope that it is bigger and better than ever that's great. Steven's my him. dude, man. I love Steven to death. Mm-hmm. Love him to death. Great guy. Yeah. And a yeah. great call. Yeah. Yeah. Th- thank you, Steven, for the kind words, man. Um, definitely hope this year is even bigger and better than year one, but it's hard to believe that it could be. Um, so, so thank you, everyone, to the, for the videos. Um, 
here discussing Henry Rugg got Henry Ruggs guys. It's funny. I was on a uh, episode of Front Yard Fantasy a couple years or a couple weeks back, and uh, <laughs> we talked about would you rather have Nelson Aguilar as the best late wide receiver or Henry Ruggs? Um, so starting out here with Ruggs guys, I, I was I'll be honest, I was fading him coming into the off season. I didn't know what was going to shake up there in Oakland. I didn't know if Aguilar would come back. Um, I, I will say, but I don't want to roast Henry Ruggs. I've done that enough. I'm just going <laughs> to leave it at this. There, there's been talks recently that the Raiders have gotten offers for Julio Jones, but they need to give up Henry Ruggs, and they won't do it. So obviously they have big plans for him. Does that ever mean a lot in John Gruden's system? I don't know. As a sour Josh Jacobs owner from last year, I'm not really sure. Um, what's your guys' take here on Henry Ruggs? I remember that episode of Front Yard Fantasy because I think somehow in the in the comment section I just ended up disagreeing with everything you said. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but we're talking about sleepers here, so um, you know I. I don't really have a strong opinion one way or the other on Henry Ruggs, to be honest. Um, I agree with what Steven was saying and I think the potential is there and you have to be careful with these sophomores, um, especially with what Justin Jefferson did last year to not bury them too early. Um, you know, it's the same with Jalen Rager, Henry Ruggs, even Jerry Judy, even though he's, he's starting to climb in people's ranks again. Um, but again, talking about what we're talking about, you know, whatever, I think it was 132 overall. Yeah. Um, I don't have an issue taking a flyer on rugs and seeing what happens at that spot. Now I will say somebody we already, at least on underdog ADP, um, back to back in the ADP are rugs and Darnell Mooney, just to give you an idea in that scenario, I'm, I'm taking Darnell Mooney. Um, Same. but I'm not on the rugs is terrible train. I'm, I'm also not on the rugs is the next coming of Randy Moss train or anything like that. Um, yeah. But he's the, he's the type of, he's the type of upside play. I have no problem stashing on my bench on my bench after, you know, once you get into the hundreds of the ADP. So my thing with rugs, it's not a talent issue because the talent's there. hundred percent. It's there. My issue is the John Gruden offense and how he runs it and how he's running it with Derek Carr. And if they're not going to make a change at quarterback, I'm not that high on Henry Ruggs. The, the talent is there and everything that Steven said is correct. I mean, the dude creates separation. He gets downfield. Derek Carr has a great deep arm. And when he actually used it last season, we saw that and we saw Vegas do well when they aired the ball out. The problem is they don't do it often enough for a guy like Ruggs. For me, to be someone that I'm going to grab unless Gruden changes up that offense. But have we ever seen John Gruden change up? And I like, I feel like he's still running the same offense. He ran in Tampa Bay with Brad Johnson and Mike Alstott <laughs> in yeah. like 2000. Yeah. I, I just doesn't feel any different to me. Yeah. He's going to give 20 carries a game each to Drake and Jacobs. Oh, it, oh, you no. know, Nate, I, I will say this. I think you're a little too hard on Derek Carr. I think Derek Carr is actually a really solid NFL quarterback. He is. I'm not saying he's not. Yes. I'm saying that John Gruden doesn't use yes. him the way he needs it, it, to be used. Yes. And, and I, I have zero issue with Derek Carr. I love him. I think he's a great right. quarterback. 
Right. And, and I agree with that. And I'm, I'm sure there's going to come a time. I, I, I like to punt wide receivers in drafts frequently. Scott Fishbowl, uh, that's something I, I'm kind of known for is punting the wide receiver position. I'm going to do that again this year. So maybe Ruggs is a guy that I just happen to grab for the upside later on. In best ball, I think he's a great target because you'll get some of those big games. Um, but my, my main concern with Ruggs, though, is we don't know who's going to be opposite of him right now to draw any coverage off him. Obviously, Darren Waller, he's a threat. They don't use Jacobs in the pass catching role enough to make him a threat. And I like Brian Edwards. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I think he could be a sneaky uh, sleeper in some deep leagues, but I don't know if he's enough to draw the coverage off of rugs that he really needs to have. Like last year, he at least had Aguilar to do that and he didn't produce with him. Well, but I don't think Ruggs needs coverage pulled off of him. I think he can beat any coverage. I'm not worried about that. It's like how I feel about Jerry Judy. Double cover him all day. He's going to beat you anyway. Same thing with Henry Ruggs. My issue is that the offense isn't tailored to making Ruggs a fantasy-relevant wide receiver, mm-hmm. even as a sleeper, which I hate. I hate it because I want him to be a thing, but I just traded him away in Dynasty because I just don't see it. If John Gruden is going – he got a 10-year contract – after being out yeah. of the league for what, 12 years, 13 years. I mean, everybody's shitting on Tim Tebow for being gone for eight, <laughs> but yeah. was gone for yeah. 12. And you're like, sure. Oh, but he's football Jesus for the Raiders. I don't see it. And Gruden is my, my only issue with the Raiders, aside from the fact that I'm an enormous Bronco fan and have hated them since I was born is that Gruden, just that offense doesn't, it's not dynamic. And a guy mm-hmm. like Henry Ruggs needs a dynamic offense and he's not getting it. Same thing with Derek Carr. Yeah, I can pull up the Gruden countdown if you want. The website where it shows how long until his contract's up and how much money he's making every second. Have you seen that? I have not. It's pretty, I'm sure it's, it's ridiculous. Pretty, it's pretty great. Um, I mean, all this changes, obviously, if Aaron Rodgers ends up in, in Las Vegas, which is mm-hmm. there's a chance that's where he ends up going. Please, um, God, no. I'll, no. I know. I know. I, I'll I, quit watching football. <laughs> I don't want it. <laughs> Specifically for that reason, I don't want it to happen, Nate. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, it's it's. I almost wait, you know, like you've been saying, I wish he was in a different system, with yep. a different quarterback, just just so just so we could see that talent. Because, you know, oftentimes what happens is, it may be like this, where the system isn't really set up for him to succeed, but the kind of the consensus becomes he just sucks. Yeah. He's a terrible wide receiver. It's like, well, that might be true, but again, it's it's a such a what have you done for me lately that it's I'm just not I'm not willing to bury him yet, even with John Gruden mm-hmm. at the helm. Yeah, give, give him one more year, we'll see what happens. Um I I think that's a, a you know, a lot of great sleepers across the board here, guys. Um I know we had some sleepers tucked away too, but um, I know we have a lot of other great content to get to tonight. So why don't we go ahead and move forward to our weekly advice segment? Weekly. weekly. All right. Shout out to our boy, uh, Nate Miller at ISM for, for those drops. Appreciate him. Um, always hooking up us up with good tunes over here in between media. So guys in weekly advice, what we like to do here, this is a good point for us to kind of merge our life advice and lifestyle advice with our fantasy sports advice. And today my first question for you guys 
Um, you know, one thing that we really have strived to do since in between media launch last June 10th was bring positivity into this space. And I know a lot of times um, that we get a lot of flack. I know a lot of times people come at us and not, not just at us, but in general, and they don't really like the positivity in the community. They think it's a little overdone. Um, guys, what's your advice for listeners out there to bring positivity into whatever community they're in, whether it's their physical neighborhood and community or whether it's their space on the internet or whatever it is, what's your best advice for them? So can I, do you mind if I start? Go ahead. Mine's really short. Um, bring more positive people into the live stream. I think, doesn't that sound like a good idea? That does sound like a good idea. What do you think? I think we have somebody really super positive and super awesome that everyone loves. And I'm so excited dropped in with us. Cooter. Hey. Hey, What a a surprise. Two nights in a row. You're live with me. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Are you tired of me yet? No, I'm not at all. Never could be. Well, could you talk to Jen about that? Cause like, (laughs) well, you know, you know how it goes. Y'all probably don't get sleep. You have kids. So yeah, that's very tired of everyone and everything. Thanks for hopping on with us, Cooter. Yeah. And yes, it's always time for at the drive-in J Ray. Always time for at the drive-in. I think this is the first time I've shared a screen with you, Cooter, since the holiday party. Since the epic holiday party. That party was epic. That was epic. Changed everything. Like literally half a year has gone by. It's it's insane. It's insane. Those of you unfamiliar with Cooter Doodle, uh, she's an awesome person in the fantasy sports industry. Um, I know we might have some friends and family from back home. Um, Cooter, uh, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit to our audience tonight? Um, tell them where they can find you, what you're up to. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Cooter Doodle. You can subscribe to my YouTube, which is Cooter Doodle. And please don't take anything I say seriously. <laughs> I'm just ha- here to have a good time. <laughs> Awesome. 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 Thank you. Um, Cooter. So we were just having a discussion on how we bring positivity into our community, whether it's our physical, you know, at home community, um, our neighborhood, or whether it's, you know, our place on the internet. Um, Why don't you talk a little bit about, you always try to bring positivity, whether that's through humor or some other aspect um, in your content. Talk a little bit about that if you would, please. Yeah. I mean, I think life is pretty serious. It can be hard. It can be tough. And so for me personally, I use humor a lot to kind of escape that. And I, because for me, it's kind of like a medicine to do it, but also to receive humor. So like people Mm -hmm. like you guys making me laugh, that makes me feel better. So I try to do the same thing. Um, And I guess just like this last year, I've kind of learned being vulnerable is okay. That was something I was never used to. But I think that brings positivity is just kind of like, it sounds silly, but like telling your friend, hey, I love you. Thank you for being my friend. Like, I never was that kind of person. And so I've learned over this last year, being stuck at home and not being able to see them is just kind of opening up, letting people know how you feel. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's what's the worst that can happen, right? So that, absolutely. The worst that can happen, you get Matthew Barry on a petite pod. <laughs> yeah. 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 The worst. <laughs> The worst. <laughs> Scott, talk a little bit about this, man. You're someone who's always super passionate about being authentic with yourself and your story. And if you share a little bit about why, you know, you've only been in this community or industry probably the last six to eight months and you've really made an impact on people. Talk a little bit about your, your philosophy with that. Well, I mentioned it earlier, like, you know, this this whole thing was pretty spur of the moment. I just randomly decided one night to send out a tweet like, hey, 
I'd like to be part of this community. And then <laughs> all these people mm-hmm. were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Retweet, blah, blah, blah. But once it, once it kind of took hold, like I had a, I had that opportunity to, to come at it from the get go as just being me and, you know, not really leaving, you know, kind of putting it out all out on the table. Um, and I, I mean, for me personally, you have no idea how like freeing that was. Cause I've spent so much of my life, hiding stuff and, you know, not being honest. And like I said, like, which lie did I tell to which person? So when I got here, like part of it was just that I didn't know anybody. So I could just start there. And then it just kind of took off from there. I just like, I lost all inhibition to share things about my life. I just don't care. I don't care what anybody thinks about it. Um, Because like we've talked about, I have the personal experience of hearing other people's stories and realizing, hey, that's like my story. I'm not alone, like Nate said. And so a lot of things with the Mondays column, that's kind of what it's turned into is, is just trying to share about some of the stuff I've been through, how I've dealt with it, just talking about my life, really. And like I've gotten responses from people that said, oh, I thought I was the only one. And it's like knowing personally how important it is to realize that you're not alone is a big reason why I do what I do. Um, I am exactly like Cooter Doodle in that I also use humor and laughter, you know, anytime I can. I mean, if you think about it, like one of my strategies with my kids, if it's, if it's going badly is to try and make them laugh. Cause when you're laughing, <laughs> yeah. you're not upset anymore. You might get upset when you stop laughing, but for that moment, you're not. Yeah. And so right. I've, that, and that's that whole thing with humor and comedy has been with me forever. Um, you know? Like I've watched enough TV and movies now to where my like sarcasm and movie quoting and stuff is kind of almost subconscious. Um, but to me, it's extremely important and helpful because like, like Cooter Doodle said, I mean, there's a lot of serious crap going on out there. Like there's enough to take seriously in all of our lives. Um, so I like, I like to, I like to goof around as much as I possibly can. Thank you. Thank That's you, the way man. to do it though, man. Like laugh, like, like the cheesy, so fun. Like, Right. Well, like the cheesy picture says, live, yeah. laugh, love. Yeah. And it's cheesy and they but make fun true. of it. It's true. I mean, who doesn't like to laugh? It's just mm-hmm. so, it feels so good. <laughs> well, it's, my, it's one of my favorite things to do. And sometimes I laugh at incredibly inappropriate times, but you know Whatever. what? <laughs> Whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and I think kind of to what Scott said, like, we all think we're so different, but really most of us, like we're all very similar. And if mm-hmm. the person to your right isn't like you, the person to your left probably is. They might not look like you. They might not talk like you, but it doesn't matter because they're going through the same struggles in life that you're going through. We're all human. And I think that's something people tend to forget. And I'm hoping that we're starting to remember a little bit more through this pandemic. We're all going through the same things on a daily basis. It's how we deal with them. And if your friends can't support you, then they're not your friends. If your family mm-hmm. doesn't support you, then don't listen to them. Because you know what you're capable of, you know what you can do, and you know what you want in your life. And this is something I've had to deal with for the last year, like really realizing the relationships that meant something to me and mattered, and the ones that I held on to because I was supposed to, but probably Mm -hmm. shouldn't really hold on to. And it's hard, and I'm still dealing with it, and it's hard. It's hard to do. You know what someone told me? I grabbed, I went grab a drink with a friend I hadn't seen in a long time the other day, and it makes me think of what you're saying, Nate, because... We go, we can go two, three months, not even a text, but then we get together and it's like, we didn't miss a beat, you know? Yep. 
And exactly. she said to me, because we never give each other guilt if we can't hang out. There's never any animosity if time goes by. Just life happens. We, rec we recognize that. And she said to me that she's starting to realize, like you said, there's certain people that it's okay to just be their acquaintance now. Yep. You don't have to force it. You don't have to, if they give you that negativity or if they make you feel a certain way, maybe you're in different paths of your life right now. And it's okay to just be acquaintances. It doesn't mean bad blood is there, you know? And I was like, that's really such a good point, you know? Yeah. yeah I, it's, it's just a, it's a hard thing to learn because especially like when you're growing up, you're told like, hold on to these relationships and mm -hmm. X person is someone you have to talk to for X reason. I've, I've really learned in the last year. That's not true. Mm -hmm. That's Agreed. just not true and for your own mental health. Like you can't feel bad about it. You can't feel like you shouldn't feel guilty about it. Mm -hmm. And that's a, that's a struggle because there are definitely people who you feel like you need to stay up with and talk to and hang out with and be kind to and have conversations with and always answer that phone call. But you don't have to, if they're making yeah. you feel awful about yourself and they're making your life harder than it needs to be, let it go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree here, Nate. And it's something like really special to be honest. Like but before I met, I met Nate, actually, like I always thought I had this really unique backstory and, and maybe it is a little bit more unique compared to a lot of people at my age, but Nate was probably the first person I could honestly relate to and be like, damn, bro, like that shit is almost heavier than my shit that I've been through. And to hear that and like, it, it, it's like you guys said, Cooter, like I, I have friends from, from way back and we still keep in touch and it's great, but I would have never thought a year ago that I'd be sitting here on a live stream with three people that I consider really great friends, you know, a guy from Colorado, Seattle, someone with the name Cooter, and, and, you know, as in, their alias. In my favorite state of Louisiana, no less. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So it, it's definitely a wild ride and we appreciate everyone hanging out with us as we continue to try to shed a little bit of positivity in the community, whether that's, you know, through, through our columns, through our podcast, through our YouTube series, we're going to continue to do that here at in between media um also uh, another big theme of the night guys is charities and nonprofits, and this is something we've been really passionate um here at in between media about and it's something very passionate that scott fish um the, the creator of scott fishbowl is very passionate about as well and over the last years um this is my second year in the scott fishbowl um i really took to heart what scott said in that first letter and that you know it, whether you can make a charity donation or whether you can turn your league into, you know, donating a portion of the profits. Whenever I'm a commissioner of the league of a league, I'm only a commissioner of one right now. Like that's something I want to continue to do is donate a portion of that winnings to charity. Um, and that's something I highly recommend all our listeners and viewers tonight doing as well. But um, guys, can you talk a little bit about kind of the need to, for these nonprofit organizations, these need for charities and, and why fantasy sports kind of goes so hand in hand with it? The need, I mean, is blatantly obvious to me. Um, there's a lot of people out there and a lot of causes that need support. Um, and unfortunately the way, uh, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to go down that road necessarily, but the way things are set up kind of the hierarchy, especially in the United States is, you know, there's, you know, support, a big, a big component of support is money. Um, and a lot of that is tied up at the very top. And so not here, not here to talk about that. I'm just saying 
that it's immensely important that, you know, people that have the means, um, you know, if you donate what you can, mm -hmm. there's so many good causes out there to donate to. It's, there's so many. Um, the one I choose is called Mary's Place of Washington. It's a, it's a shelter that helps, you know, mainly women and children, but families that have become homeless kind of get back on their feet. Um, cause a lot of the, a lot of the issues with homelessness across at least this country are not always about, you know, somebody that, that's lazy and made a bunch of bad choices. You know, somebody might've just gotten surgery and to pay for it, they lost their house, whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. So that's a, that's a big one I'm a part of in this, in this local area. But for me, it's just, I mean, don't fall into the trap, the mindset of, well, I, I can only give a little, so what difference is that going to make? it makes a huge difference it does mm -hmm. not matter um so well i was honestly i'm i'm new to twitter and i'm kind of new i've never been in scott fishbowl before this is my first year and i was humbly um surprised and i shouldn't have been but the fact that the those uh fantasy care eliminators raised over thirty thousand in a month like it just made me so happy because twitter can have its negative moments but i was just like I, when I saw that, I was like, God, this is such a good community and there's so many good people here. And that right there just showed it, you know, like to have so much raised in such a short amount of time and it's going to keep happening with all these other causes. And so many different people have their own little charities that they're supporting. Like you said, it's just a little bit goes a long way. Absolutely. So speaking of positive things and positive people, I think we have somebody who is waiting to come on that is like, I mean, we're kind of, you know what? We're just going to do it. Forget about it. We're already <laughs> talking about him. Scott. Scott. There's oh, wow. Scott. What's going on, guys? What's We've got two Scott. We've got two Scots. We're going to have to call you Fish. <laughs> that's fine. So, Most, a lot of people call me Fish. That's that's pretty common. <laughs> well, thanks for jumping on with us, man. We appreciate it. And we're yeah. giving away an invite to your amazing tournament tonight, which is also my first time in that I'm. Oh, very nice. I, yeah. I'm pretty sure that Jen and I were like running in circles, jumping around when we got our email invites. <laughs> like. <laughs> It's been such an iconic tournament uh, mm -hmm. league to us since we got into this space about a oh, year ago awesome. now. Not only is it a cool tournament with crazy scoring that I'm still trying to wrap my head around a little bit. <laughs> I can't um, wait. But what you do, f the highlight, you, the way that you highlight charity is so incredible. And yeah. I know you hear this all the time. Watch John open bar last night. Talk about it a little bit. Um, we actually had that open bar up on our big screen in our living room watching you guys. Oh, nice. It was nice. a good, that great show. But I just, what you do in this community can't be understated. It's incredible. And you bring so many people together for such a positive cause and get people so excited about something. Like I, it, it's just, it's incredible. It's, it's crazy to have watched it growing. Uh, Kuru Doodle was just talking about how, how the fantasy cares, uh, fantasy cares raised like 30,000. It, it wasn't even a month. It was like a week and a half. Yeah. It was like oh, two, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was like a 10 to 14 days. Some, that's incredible. Day. God. Um, which is insane when, uh, when I, I, I sometimes think back to how insane this journey has been that for years I would go on, on podcasts and radio shows. And I'm pro you've probably all heard me say this, that I would tag the end of every show with that, give a, give a donation from your league. And even five or so years ago, five or six years ago, something like that. Um, the toys for tots drive we did raised $800 wow. and there were no other charity tournaments at all in existence. Mm -hmm. And just five or so years later of pushing it, six years later of pushing it. Now we're like, 
30,000 a week. And I'm sure the potathon mm-hmm. in a 24 hour potathon is probably, it raised over 40,000 last year. Yeah, so, incredible. I mean, combined fantasy cares might go over a hundred thousand, but that doesn't even count. Like I've been pushing people to donate to whatever charity they want. That doesn't even count all the people donating to different yeah. charities that they want to doesn't count all the other charitable tournaments. Like this industry went from a place that really wasn't big on giving to, six years later here we are and now it's it's such an important part of this community Mm -hmm. and i think it's brought us together because i think um not just fishbowl is like bringing people together for networking and community but i feel like people just want to be part of something that's bigger than themselves and they want to be part of something that everybody else is a part of and i think that's what led to this massive expansion of growth of of philanthropy and fantasy football you know it's it's pretty awesome to watch for sure I mean, how much do you think the pandemic has kind of revved that up for people, especially coming into this current season that we're coming into where we're almost on the back end, but we've seen all the bad stuff the last yeah. 14 months? I, I think it brought it to the forefront for sure. And and a lot, a lot of things, some things that people don't realize with it last year is that like I, I know a lot of people that you know, work for work for nonprofits and uh, and stuff like that. And um like, and I talked to enough people last year that a lot of charities were actually really, really hit because of the events that they normally put on, they could not put on last year. So they had to try to make, make it happen in other ways. And, uh, um, but I, I, I do think that something like we've gone through for the last year really put it in the forefront of people's minds. And, and maybe that did give it a boost. Scott, while we have you here, man, we're actually in the middle of our weekly advice segment. We're talking a little bit about positivity in the community and mm-hmm. I, I know sometimes a lot of people say like I've, I've seen the tweets I've, I've heard on podcasts you know keep the life stuff to yourself like I just want it, the knowledge I want the analysis um, <laughs> can, can you talk a little bit about bringing um, positivity to the community and, and why you're such a, a big proponent of that yeah, I, I don't agree with that. Just bring the analyst, just bring the, the, the I, I feel like everybody else, everybody has their own value propositions out there. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's humor. Sometimes they're hilarious. Sometimes it's they're like, for me, it's, it's more my family life that just, I feel people connect to it. Mm-hmm. The, uh, you know, the, the way I choose to live my lifestyle. And, and, and I feel like that, I feel like you can get analysis from anybody out there but you find analysts that you start to connect with and want to support and want to and find interest in uh, in checking out their work because you've connected with them on a different level. So, um, I mean, it's it's not a business reason that I that I mm-hmm. put my life out there, you know. It's mm-hmm. but I, but I feel like it's been good for what I do because people can connect with me. Um, but I just I don't I don't agree with that at all. I I think I think I, I've mentioned this a bunch of times, but I feel like. Once you've gotten a platform, whether it be at your job, like you you move up in your job to a higher position or just like uh, you you pull weight with your friends or if you have a platform in the fantasy community, if you have a platform, you should do good with it. I, otherwise, I, I've said this before, what else are we doing? I mean, like mm-hmm. if you have a platform, do good with it. It's 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 so easy. Um, but I, I think that's generally where I, where I, where I stand on stuff like that. I, I appreciate that, man, because um, th- that's really what we are here at In Between Media. Like, yes, we love fantasy sports. We want to help you win as many championships as we can. But at the end of the day, we want to help you live your life to the best potential. 
And, you know, there's going to be curveballs coming your way. We talk about it all the time here at In Between Media. And whether that's in your Scott Fishbowl draft coming up or whether that's, you know, what's coming around round in your life in the next couple of months, there's going to be curveballs that we're not expecting. I don't think any of us expected a global pandemic in 2020 to happen. But I didn't expect that. <laughs> I totally saw it coming. Yeah. But I mean, we continue to put our best foot forward and that that's what we try to do here in between media. Um, Nate, do you have any closing thoughts, man, on, on the charitable aspect of, of what we've been talking about, kind of merging that with the fantasy sports community, um, before we head into our giveaway here? So I really like what Scott said, when you have the platform, you do it. Mm -hmm. And that's how I felt from the beginning. I mean, my platform started out as this anyway, I, without Seth, I would have never been doing this. I don't even know what possessed me to DM you that night in June last year. Right. Cause I, I mean, this is so all of this is the fact that I'm on a live show. First of all, it's crazy because there are times I don't even like pictures taken of me, let alone hear my own voice or know that other people can hear it. If they're not like family or close friends, but having the platform to talk about my life and my family and all of the things going on has been such an amazing uh, comfort to me. Mm -hmm. Like we kind of talked mm -hmm. about, and I love being able to talk about charity and I love being able to contribute to charity. And there have been things in the last 14 months within the fantasy community where it's been like, Oh yeah, no, I'm on board with that. Let's do that. Let's go. Like I'm excited to help this X person out with their GoFundMe because I know them and I know the struggles they are going through mm -hmm. and um, meeting some of the people like Doug, the fantasy moose. He was one of the first people I connected with in this space. Jen and I did two test leagues on flea flicker for him through PFN just to help him out. Turns out to be one of the best people I've met in this space. That guy is an advocate for anyone with mental health issues, anyone who needs to talk. It doesn't matter what time of day it is. He will talk to you about it and he will help you through it. I've directed people that I've known to talk to him and it's been incredibly helpful for them. So shout out to Doug. Um, and just like being more involved in charity. One of our big ones is children's hospital. Jen's cousin had, uh, brain cancer four times before he was even 11 years old. Jeez. Thanks to children hospital, children's hospital. He is 23 now. Wow. And that's awesome. it is wow. awesome. And that's he's great. crushing it. He's crushing it, man. Right. But without children's hospital, that wouldn't have been possible. The care that he mm -hmm. got there was second to none. And Will is an amazing guy doing great things with his life. And children are so helpless. That's where my heart always goes. Mm -hmm. It goes to children and to animals. We're really big on animal donations as well. We're every time we go to Petco, mm -hmm. which is like once a week, it's like a $5 donation. We do it all year <laughs> because we have cats, but we love animals. And I think that a big part of what I like to do is try and help other people, whether it's feel better about who they are, know that there's someone they can identify with or highlight some charities. Mm -hmm. I mean, with Scott Fishbowl, I'm really excited to be a part of it because of the great things it does for charity. Mm -hmm. The networking opportunities are great, but I've also mm -hmm. done a lot of that in the last year, not to the level of Scott Fishbowl, not even close, but the charity aspect of it for me is something that I'm really, really, really excited to be a part of because it's such an amazing thing. And I've never had an, an outlet like this before to do all of that. So mm -hmm. take your position and use it for good. Talk about fantasy football. For sure. But if you have yeah. five, 10, 15, 20,000 followers, let's talk about people that might need our help that aren't getting it, but now you can help them get it. Absolutely. Nate, I, I think you hit it really on the nail, man. I, I appreciate that, man. It's been, it's been a pleasure working with you over this last, you know, 11 months or so. Seeing, Ditto, man. 
seeing your growth as you know professionally and personally has been amazing. Um, I've actually shrunk size wise since we met. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that as well, man. I'm glad to hear that. I, I cannot attest to that. I have put on the COVID 15. So um, at least it was only 15, man. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, so guys, I, I know we have a lot of people who, who have to get to a lot of things this evening. Um, I want to be sensitive to their time. Um, Scott, the last thing we we're going to do in today's show, our one year anniversary of In Between Media, is we're going to give away a Scott or a spot in the Scott fishbowl. Nice. So can you kind of introduce, we have a lot of uh, people out there, maybe listening, uh, tuning in who might not be super familiar with the Scott fishbowl. So can you do your best to, I, I know it's been a long history in the, in the making, but can you do your best to kind of summarize it up for, for our listeners today? Sure. Like, like the one minute elevator pitch, I guess it's yeah. uh, SFB is like the premier pro-am tournament that, that pits, Every analyst in the fantasy football industry against celebrities, against uh, like uh, professional athletes, against hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of fans who next year, many of them will probably be producing content. If, <laughs> <laughs> it's what seems to happen with SFV. People meet other content producers and then they decide to take the jump themselves. But uh, it, it pits all these people together in one giant tournament. You you join chats and, and you donate to charity and you uh, watch each other's shows and you you it, it just build up the community. There's tons of networking. There's tons of raising of money for worthwhile causes. Um, we've raised hundreds upon hundreds of thousands of dollars in the last like five six years, and it's just been incredible. Um, but that's that's just the basis of what it is. It's a, just a giant league that everybody plays in and uh, has a lot of fun doing it. Awesome. And we get to flex kickers this year. I'm yes. excited about that. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Thank you for that, Scott. We appreciate that, man. Mm -hmm. um, so what I'm going to have all our listeners, all our uh, live streamers, as you would call it, um, I want you to go ahead and drop in the chat to make sure you're still with us. Um, let us know you're registered for Scott Fishbowl. This is step one. We put out a, we, we put out a tweet earlier Every today. Year, man. Every year. Step one was register for Scott Fishbowl. So just put in the chat registered, just so we know how many people are going to be vying for, for this spot. All right, we got one. We got one. We got two. Got to give All them right. time to get their thumbs moving, you know? All right, gotta yeah. Warm up their thumbs. I feel like that sometimes in some of the group chats I'm in with you, Cooter. They go off so fast. Like I have so many things to say, but I can't. Because you remember the phones where you had to like click four times for the letter R. Like SMS but you got good, and you, yes. you remembered, but you remembered which ones were the triple clicks and the double. Like you just, it just becomes habit, I guess. All right. So, so you're telling me I just need to practice. Yeah, yeah. You're just not. Got you it. Know, got it. Just believe in yourself. All right, looks like we have seven people registered watching live with us. All right, there's an eighth. We got an eighth coming in. Um, all right, so we have eight people right now. Um, give it another 30 seconds, guys. I hope you're registered beforehand. Uh, Scott might be looking you up right now <laughs> as we speak. <laughs> all right, it looks like we have eight people today. Um, I want to start with a very basic trivia question about the Scott Fishbowl. Who was the first Scott Fishbowl winner? Um, uh, this, is, this is someone, If you, it was under a different name at the time. I will say that. But who was the original winner? Um, it's someone we all know. Uh, I, I think if you've 
been playing fantasy football for any time within the last three to five years, you probably know this guy. So go ahead um, and drop your answer in the chat. And we're gonna oh, we're gonna take dang. we're gonna take the first three correct answers and then move forward. Got it. All right. Looks like we oh, have. Oh, it's narrowed down. I'm looks so like nervous. We have, looks like we have Ootsman, Dynasty Griff, and Fantasy Nav were the first three guys. I apologize for everyone else who did not did not get that right. Um, fun fact: This is not a trivia question. Anyone know what university Mike Clay went to? I do not. Scott, any idea? I don't. Kutztown University is actually a, a small Pashi school, a state school here in PA. Uh, I've been up to it a couple times, so I, I, I have I have a little bit of a, a little bit of a connection to it with it. You know, going to a small state school in PA. So shout out Mike Clay, shout out Kutztown University. Hashtag not a sponsor. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Um, Okay, next question for our three remaining people. Um, what What is the main charity behind Scott Fishbowl? It is Scott Fish's charity. Um, first person to get this in. We're From those take, three? Yep. Yep, we're going to take that. All right, there it is. Looks like Dynasty Griff was... Joseph, the, my homie. Shout Joseph, out. Joseph had the fastest fingers. Uh, Ootsman, Fantasy Nev... Chris Udovich, Chris Cummings, uh, everyone else, gymnastic. Uh, thank you guys for playing. Um, uh, we appreciate all the input. Um, congratulations to Joseph Griffin. Um, he's a guy we know in the community, know and love him. So congratulations to him. Scott, um, any final words, man? Thank you so much for, for gracing, gracing us with your presence and a Scott Fishbowl invite, man. <laughs> Thanks for having me. No, I – I don't really have any final words. I think I've said everything I, I felt <laughs> I needed to say. I, I I feel like everything I've said has been said about a billion times and people people are pushing it on their own now. So I, I feel like I don't need to as quite as much anymore. Just thanks for uh, letting me jump on here really quick. Uh, is, uh, just to congratulate, I guess, congratulations on one year. That's, that's pretty Thank awesome. Thank you. <laughs> that's what I'll say. Before Thank Scott you. goes... Just make sure everybody that you drop some pickles in his chat all the time. He loves pickles. He's very upset, oh, dear so. Lord. It's like a pickle gif, you know. Let him know your favorite brand. Something Did like you that. just call it a gif? That's what I say. I say gif. I, I do too, Cooter Doodle. Okay, I, good. Uh, you're so you're not alone. I, I don't like gonna... gif because it sounds too much like gift. And so yeah. I like gif. I say gif. But gif is a peanut butter. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I mean, he, I can mm. be swayed. We'll see. We'll talk later. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Nate, um, any final words, man? We've done it. Uh, in about a week from now, it'll be officially one year in between media has been launched. Um, any any final words, man? We, we did it. Uh, I'm very proud to be a part of in between media. I'm very glad that this is where I landed when I decided I wanted to get into this industry a year ago. Um this has been great. I'm stoked. It's been a year. And seriously, we have a show where we have Cooter and Scott fish on like, yeah, look at, look at us. I'm stoked. <laughs> um, and I'm looking forward, I'm looking forward to the next year. The next year is going to be awesome. We have a lot of our schedules. Great. I'm looking forward to continuing to put out the content, looking forward to Scott fishbowl and be kind to each other as Ellen would say. Thank mm -hmm. you. Thank you, Nate. Um, it's been a pleasure working with you over this last year. 
Um, thank you, Scott. Thank you, Cooter Doodle, for, for joining us today. Um, thank you to everyone who's been tuning in, whether you're on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. Um, you guys know where to find us by now. We're at IBT underscore media. We're going to continue to combine fantasy sports and life and lifestyle advice for you guys in the feel-good variety over this next year. I feel like we really hit the pinnacle tonight having Scott Fish on. Um, so very appreciative of that. Um, but guys, until the next time, we'll be back in two weeks. You can check out the audio version if you want to listen again, um, relic and everything we said. But until then, guys, I'm Seth Woolcock, and keep it in between. Yeah, I found myself somewhere in between. Between Fantasy Football Podcast. So one thing that you know really sets us apart here is is we're not afraid to talk about other things that maybe aren't super fantasy related. Do what you can to become a better person, to become a better human.